Good evening, every, uh, good evening everyone. Thank you um, for joining us here this evening. <clears throat> the West Hollywood Planning Commission acknowledges that the land on which we gather and that is currently known as the city of West Hollywood is the occupied, unceded, seized territory of the Gabrielino Tongva and Gabrielino Keech peoples. This Planning Commission meeting is being live broadcast and teleconferenced on the city's website and is also provided on a wide array of streaming media platforms to offer access to the public to the fullest extent possible. You may call in to make a comment, and you may also listen to this meeting by dialing 669-900-6833, meeting ID 838-9620-8070, and then press the pound sign. WeHo TV staff have confirmed that this Planning Commission meeting is currently streaming successfully on Spectrum Channel 10 and online at weho.org slash wehotv. In addition, and as a courtesy, this meeting is also successfully streaming on the city's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash wehotv and on Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, and Android TV. WeHoTV staff monitor this broadcast on all platforms throughout the meeting and will notify the Planning Commission secretary should broadcast disruptions arise. Please do not interrupt the live meeting by calling or texting the Planning Commissioners about difficulties viewing the meeting. Please understand that internet speeds, device reliability, third-party platform reliability, and individual or personal technical issues are out of the scope of this broadcast. If you are experiencing viewing difficulties while watching this live stream, please reload the page or visit weho.org slash wehotv to access our official live stream and to view a list of other available streaming options and a guide to troubleshoot your connection. If you continue to experience difficulties, you can also call 323-848-3151. Right, with that, I will call this meeting to order. This is a regularly scheduled meeting of the West Hollywood Planning Commission. It is Thursday, April 20th, and we are clocking in at 6.33 p.m. Item one, call to order. Item two is the Pledge of Allegiance. It's easier to choose victims when I had, when there were more people at meetings in person. Um, Commissioner Gregoire, would you lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance this evening? Item three is roll call. David, can you please call roll for us? Uh, good evening, commissioners. Uh, Commissioner Matos. Present. Commissioner Lombardi. Present. Commissioner Gregoire. Present. Commissioner Copeland. Present. Commissioner Carvalero. Here. Vice Chair Thomas. Here. Chair Jones. Here. And we have a quorum. Great, thank you. Item four is approval of the agenda. I do have a request for a change to the agenda as we do have a, council, a commissioner who will need to recuse from one of the items this evening. I believe the change that's proposed is to move item 10B up to our first public hearing uh, and then do uh, 10A second, so swapping them out. I move approval as amended. What is, I, I'm not sure if I understand why we're swapping that order. Oh. Did I, miss, did, I, 
I need to I need to recuse myself from item 10B. So if we can move item 14A and B Thank forward you. of public hearing, then, Thank you. then I'll recuse myself right after. That was the change. I, I speak out of turn. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Uh, and, and just a point of clarification then, so the, the request would be to move uh, item 14A and B uh, before 10A and, and 10B. 10B. Okay. And so I think we'll just move forward with a new motion for that item, for that change. Do we have a motion? Uh, I, I will move approval as amended. Okay. We have a second? Second. Okay, I think David usually okay. reads it into the, okay, that's good to know. There is a lag on it, I think. Yeah, and you may be a little delayed, so you can use your, uh, your voting. Okay, thank you, there we go. And the agenda is approved as amended by unanimous. Great, thank you. Item five is approval of the minutes for item 5A yeah. for our last meeting. Sorry, my Wi-Fi is being really slow right now, guys. Chair, I just have a small spelling correction on the Cray study under the commissioner comments. Sure, please go ahead. Uh, so 16A, the uh, Cray study is uh, misspelled. It's spelled K-R-A-Y-E. It should be K-R-A-H-E. Noted. Do we have any other requests for changes to the minutes for the April 6th meeting? I move approval. Um, motion by uh, Commissioner Gregoire, seconded by Commissioner Carvalero. Okay, items, so I'm all turned around this evening, I'm sorry. <clears throat> and Commissioner Lombardi, please, thank you. I and uh, motion passes, uh, approving the minutes of April 6th as amended by unanimous vote. Great, thank you. Item six is public comment. This is for public comment for anything not related to any of our agenda items for this evening. David, do we have anyone in chambers or on the phone who would like to make a comment? No, no, we are all clear in chambers and we have no one on the Zoom platform to make a public comment. Okay, just to note that you will have another opportunity for public comment, a general comment at the end, should anyone wish to speak and, and miss this. Um, item seven is our director's report or John Kehoe's director's report. Good evening, Chair and Vice Chair. I'm John Kehoe, uh, Director of Planning and Development Services, and a couple of announcements. Um, there was scheduled to be an appeal at Monday City Council meeting for 1317 Crescent Heights, um, but that item was postponed until the May 1st City Council agenda, so that will be at the next meeting. And then coming up on uh, May 15th is going to be the appeal of 8555 Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, so then with that, I want to congratulate everyone who's been reappointed and appointed. And I know we're still waiting for um, the at-large um, spots to be filled. Um, and so just want to make sure that everyone is aware that 
once everyone's been appointed and once they've gone through the new rules for um, getting everything set through the city clerk's office, the city clerks will then tell us when that is and that's when we'll agendize the swearing in for all the new members and uh, uh, returning members. And until then, everyone remains in their seats until this official swearing in takes place. So thank you very much. Any questions for the director? No? Thank you. Okay, thank you. Item eight is items from commissioners. Also, I just want to make a note as a point of order up here. I'm t typically just kind of verbally looking. I know some people like to use the screen. There is a lag on the screen, so it makes it hard for me to know if someone wants to speak. So I will tennis head. So please indicate me or tap me on the arm if you're in proximity, if you would like to speak, just because it's just more visual and I want to make sure everyone gets a chance to talk. So that being said, would anyone like to make a comment? Commissioner Carvajero, please go ahead. Yeah, I just want to report yeah, I, I was um, chosen to be on the subcommittee for the performing arts or the performing center and we've had two meetings thus far and staff is doing a great job of moving that process forward. It's very inspiring to see the architects Perkins and Will responding to the community and to our comments so effectively. We have one more meeting I think on June 23rd where they'll, they'll present their final presentation and I'll have an update then again, but it's been a really great process, and I just wanted to share that with everybody. Thank you. Anyone else? You also will have another opportunity to speak, should you like to, at the end of the meeting. Okay, item nine is consent calendar. There is none. Again, per the uh, amended agenda that was approved, we will be moving into item 14A and 14B, items from staff. 14A is our planning manager's update. Good evening, thank you. Can everybody hear me? Okay, okay, great. Um, all right, so today is April 20th. The next meeting is May 4th. That meeting is going to be canceled. Um, we don't have an agenda item for that meeting. Uh, I, I believe there was, um, there was a zone text amendment on that meeting and it will be continued or moved to May 18th. So if anyone's watching and was expecting that, um, just know that it was continue it will be continued to May 18th. So May 18th we'll have that zone text amendment for the multifamily uh, standards. This one is about parking um, as well as zone text amendments regarding the replacement of lower income units. Uh, another zone text amendment for shared housing micro units and sen senior congregate care and a, th a fourth zone text amendment for clarifying the prohibition on vacation or short term rentals. So it's a, a full zone text amendment night on May 18th. The June 1st meeting is also canceled. That is canceled because of road closures for Pride. Um, and June 15th does not yet have any scheduled items. Uh, for subcommittees, are there any questions on planning commission? Okay, I'm gonna move on to subcommittee management. For design review subcommittee, we, we do not have any scheduled items for upcoming meetings. For the Sunset Arts and Advertising Subcommittee, uh, likewise, we do not have any upcoming agenda items. Um, and for long-range projects, plan, plan, <laughs> long-range planning projects subcommittee, we also do not have any upcoming items. So subcommittees will be quiet for a little while, and I will keep you posted. Um, that's all I have for tonight. If you have any questions for me, any questions for Jennifer Alkire? No. Thank you. All right. Thanks very much. 
Okay, so with that, we will again, per the amended agenda, move into our public hearings. 10A is 14, oh sorry, 1141 North Detroit Street. Uh, this is a subdivision request. And I will turn this over to staff. Good evening, Chair Jones and Commissioners. Before you this evening is a request to approve a tentative track map for a previously approved three-story, five-unit, multifamily residential building that was approved by the Planning Commission in 2017 into a common interest development. A tentative track map was also previously approved by the Planning Commission for this building in 2017 and has since expired. The project was designed and approved to comply with the requirements of, the dwelling, uh, for, of dwellings within the R3C multifamily medium density residential zoning district and all other applicable provisions of the city's zoning ordinance. The subdivision of this building will not be detrimental to the public welfare and will not impede implementation of the general plan nor the purpose and intent of the provisions of the zoning ordinance. At the time the staff report was prepared, the project had not been issued a certificate of occupancy nor occupied with rental tenants, so the re requested subdivision is not considered a conversion of rental units. The building is currently under construction and is nearing completion. Staff recommends approval of the subdivision permit as conditioned in draft resolution PC 23-1509. That concludes my presentation. Staff and the owner's representative are available for any questions you may have. Thank you. Great, thank you um, very much. So, there's some new language we're adding uh, in this evening um, for the benefit of the applicants and for the public and for the city. Um, but before I read that, um, do we have any questions um, from the commission for staff about this item? No? My only question is, um, you said that it had expired. Is there a reason? Was this just COVID-related? Was it building delay in building permits and materials? Do you have any insight into that? It's my understanding that there were COVID delays. Um, the applicant is available if you'd like to ask him directly. Technically, you have the opportunity to give a presentation, but I'm... You can approach. It's okay. Uh, Laurie was correct in saying there was COVID-related delays. That's what it's confirmed. Okay. Go ahead. Do you have an estimated completion date? Um, probably between four and six months. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, again, this is uh, just... In, uh, I've asked the city attorney to guide me, but here this is actually, we've talked about this right before, <laughs> right before I got here. Um, so I wanna make sure that I'm kind of first run here. So we are now going to begin the public comment portion of the hearing. All questions and comments on this matter are to be directed to the commission, not to the audience. The applicant is present, uh, we know that. Do you wanna make a presentation? No, okay. So uh, with that, um, is there anyone from the public who wishes to speak on this item, David? Uh, Chair, we, I received no public comment forms from council chambers and we are all clear on the Zoom platform. Okay. Applicant, do you wish to make any further statement and rebuttal before the public comment portion of the hearing is closed? Okay, thank you. 
Okay, do any commissioners have further questions before the public comment portion of the hearing is closed? Okay, with that, I will now close the public comment portion of this hearing and bring the matter back to the commission for discussion and deliberation. Commissioner Craig Ward, go ahead. Um, these, these items aren't typically very controversial. Uh, this was approved, approved previously, and I see no reason not to approve it again this time. So I support staff's recommendation. I'll second that motion. And can I make a note for the record and request of the motion maker? As part of the recommendation to approve staff's uh, recommendation of approval, uh, do you also agree to close the uh, public hearing as part of that recommendation? I move to close the public hearing and to, uh, um, to uh, approve a resolution affirming staff's recommendation to us tonight. Uh, Chair, did I hear that maybe there was an adjustment that was going to be made to this item, or did I mishear you? It was just, we are bookending the public comment portion of the hearing in a more uh, distinct way. Previously, we had, after everyone would speak, we would close the public comment portion of the hearing. This is just give, giving some additional language to help people understand and clarify when they are and aren't able to speak. I wasn't sure if you were re uh, referring to language in the resolution. Got no, it. no, Thank you. just in regard to the points of order and how we're running the meeting, yeah. Thank, Thank you, you for asking. <clears throat> okay, so it looks like we have Commissioner Gregoire clarified the motion. Do you want to yes. second? Okay, we can call the question. Thank you. Uh, moved by Commissioner Gregoire, seconded by Commissioner Maddows. And the motion passes unanimously. We do have an appeal process for this item. The resolution the Planning Commission just approved memorializes the Commission's final action on this matter. This action is subject to appeal to the City Council. Appeals must be submitted within 10 calendar days from the state to the City Clerk's Office. Appeals must be in writing and accompanied by the required fees. The City Clerk's Office can provide appeal forms and information about the waiver of fees. Great, thank you. Moving on. To, oh, sorry, David. Oh, I just want to remind everyone to please, when you're speaking to uh, speak directly into the microphones, we're getting feedback from the CATV that people can't hear. Okay. Speak into the microphone. Okay. We're moving on to item 10B. We do have a recusal. Yeah, I need to recuse myself because I have a conflict with the Art Sunset Arts and Art Advertising Program. Okay. Thank you. Yep, have thank a good you. evening. We will wait for Commissioner Carvalho to leave chambers and then we'll commence with the public hearing for item 10B. Okay, the coast is clear. Moving into item 10B, 9201 Sunset Boulevard. This is a public hearing regarding a proposal to allow the relocation and increase in size of an existing tall wall sign located at the aforementioned address in our city. And I am going to hand this over to staff for their presentation. Jennifer Davis, contract planner for the city. Um, let me just start the presentation. This is, um, I believe, the commissioner's 
the, this will be your first tall wall review. Um, and the permits involved in this are an amendment to an existing conditional use permit, a development agreement, and a zoning map amendment. And this is a modification to an existing tall wall at 9201 Sunset Boulevard. This is the location of the site. The, the proposed billboards are where the stark blue line is. And for those who don't know 9201 Sunset, it's a nine-story medical office building at the junction of Doheny and Sunset. The existing tall wall, and this is an image of it, uh, measures just over 5,000 square feet and spans from the top of the building to the, the second level below. Um, because this is our first tall wall, I just thought I'd take a, a moment to talk about the differences for both the commission and the public. So in terms of tall walls versus sort of standard digital billboards. So tall walls are prefabricated films that are placed on the building face. They are not digital, nor are they internally lit. They have a minimum area of 5,000 square feet, but there's no maximum for these tall walls. Um, most of the content is typically up there for about three months. Tall walls are less readable at night. They're uplit, um, and so they're, they're just less readable. Um, they don't allow for the same level of creativity. They're not changeable copy, that kind of thing. And for these reasons, they do not produce the same level of uh, revenue as, say, digital billboards. Um, the proposed tall wall, which is on the east face and on the uh, north face, the Sunset Boulevard face, uh, the total of these two would be just over 9,000 square feet, and it spans from the top of the uh, building um, down, leaving 17 feet, a 17-foot gap between the, the, the second-story portion of the building and the uh, upper portion. The largest face is the sunset face, and that's just over 6,000, and the east face, which faces Corey, would be reduced from the 5,000 to 3,000 square feet. All in all, the proposed tall wall would be approximately 44,083 square feet larger than the existing, and it would wrap around the building facing sunset. So this is a request to modify the existing tall wall due to obstruction um, that has come about from two other newly constructed billboards uh, under the billboard pro uh, program. The billboard policy does allow modifications to existing tall walls, so that, that part is um, covered in the policy. Uh, this one is asking for an increased sign area, which does put it into the alternative project category under the policy. So this um, image is from the original 9157 um, Planning Commission presentation, and you can see this green board is the existing 9145. The pink one here is the 9157. And this behind here in the blue is the 9201 tall wall. So that, that's from 625 feet east of the building, of the tall wall. This is the existing tall wall, um, just showing the, the dimensions, about 60 by 83. 
and the square footage of 5,073 square feet. And this is the proposed. So on the east facade, it's now 41 by 73 and 3,000 square feet. And then the south face is 84 by 73, just over 6,000, 6,156 square feet. Um, I do want to say that uh, the applicant will have um, a more sort of detailed presentation on the obstruction and the reason for the request to modify. This is the plan view. This uh, is the existing, so that blue line is the, the existing tall wall. And these small dots, I hope you can see them, are the uplights to that existing um, tall wall. These will stay the same. And then over here, the pink is the proposed. And um, it, it will also have the same uh, type of lighting to uplight it on the south facade. So it's roof-mounted lighting. This is an eastbound view from the city entrance, so you see the 9157. You don't see the 9165 yet, but it's, it's, it's there now. And this blue is the proposed tall wall surface. And this is westbound, so that's the, um, see, that's the existing tall wall on the, what is that, the 92, no, that, yeah, 9229. Uh, building. This is the, the, you can see the 9157, and then the blue portion back here is the, oh, sorry, my screen is obstructed. Um, this is the 9145 again, and back, back behind here is the tall wall. It will have media logo signs on both facades, and these are these logo signs, as proposed, follow the guidance that we have been using for these media logo signs. There are a number of community benefits that flow with this tall wall development agreement, um, and these are annual. So there's an annual hundred thousand uh, dollar revenue for the tall wall. But being an alternative project, there's an annual extraordinary public benefit of $49,000. Um, public realm enhancements, there's a monetar monetary contribution of $49,000. And these are all per year over the life of the DA, which is 30 years. There's also a city content and public arts programming amount. That's $2,000 annually. So, um, so the annual revenue over 30 years is $3 million. The extraordinary benefit over 30 years is 1,470,000. Public realm enhancements, same amount, 1,470,000. And then the city content programming would be 60,000 over the life of the development agreement. Um, the original billboard is, was categorically exempt as an existing facility. And, um, and so the modification to the tall wall is also categorically exempt under CEQA. Staff does, a re does recommend the approval of the resolutions uh, 2315, 23152, 23153, and 23154, um, recommending that council to council that you approve the conditional use permit amendment, zoning map amendment, 
and development agreement for the digital, for the, shouldn't say digital billboards, should say tall wall at 9201 Sunset. And with that, um, I'll end my presentation and I am happy to answer any questions and the applicant would like to make a presentation as well. Great, thank you, Jennifer. Do we have questions? Please go ahead. Thank you, Chair. For the wrap tall wall, the applicant will pay an annual $100,000 public benefit payment, an annual extraordinary public benefit in the amount of $49,000 and a public realm enhancement benefit of $49,000. Can you tell me how you came to these numbers? Um, I think I'm gonna defer to Brian on that. He negotiated the development agreement. Uh, sure, uh, Brian League, property development manager. Each of, these, each of these development agreements are unique. Um, you know, we'd met with the, the applicant and you know, we, we were negotiating how to split up what we thought would be about a $200,000 a year public benefit. And um, we just assigned it in those buckets. I mean, there's, you know, we tried to follow guidance that the um, public realm improvement would be the biggest item, the public um, extraordinary benefit, and this is in line with some of the other development agreements, extraordinary benefit amount as a, a proportion of that total. The public arts is city policy, it's 1% for a non-digital uh, tall wall billboard, and, and I think that the fourth one was, um, it's, I think I covered all four of them, but I'm glad to discuss. You did, thank you. I had a question about the zone clearance process, but it was actually, um, that question was answered in the presentation, so thank you for that. Is there anything to prohibit the image from being two images instead of one wrapped image? Yes, um, it has to be one campaign. It has to be one advertisement that's in the development agreement. Um, it can't be two separate campaigns. In other words, I, I don't know if it might be two separate images, but um, it'll be one advertisement. So one advertiser could have two images, but it's the same campaign? Correct. And have you identified the any additional, any impacts on the community as a result of this additional advertising real estate? I, I, I have not. I think I'd defer to, to the planners, Jennifer Davis, or on that. Okay, those are my questions for staff. I, I'm, I'll probably have another question for the applicant and some thoughts later, but those are my questions for staff. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Lombardi, please go ahead. Thank you. Um, one question I have as I was seeing these slides come by is um, the shifting of the tall wall advertising portion looks like it's leaving this sort of gray area that was shown in the renderings on the right side and lower side. So how is, and some of this may be a question for the applicant, but how is that being treated that that's not copy area? How, what's the, was there a discussion on staff side with the applicant on, on this? I, I think the, the answer is we wanted it at a certain elevation above the, the roof plane of the, the plinth of the building, but I think the applicant can address that. Okay, yeah, in particular, I'm thinking about the shift southbound so that when you're looking at the sidewall, the right side that's now blank, as seen in some of those renderings, is just 
building facade that's empty, at least in the rendering. Yes. Um, a question I have on the development agreement, public realm enhancements, is there any idea of what those enhancements may be? Are you earmarking it for any particular projects? We're, we're earmarking it for um, improvements on Sunset Boulevard. Um, it's not earmarked for anything in particular, but it would be for the boulevard. Okay. And then and the other question I have is, um, this project did not come to SASE for any design review before it was presented here. Um, any any reason why it did not go to SASE first? Jennifer, did you want to answer that or I can? Um, well, originally the SASE uh, is really for the sort of more um, constructed billboards, the ones that are actually construction. This as a film had very little um, sort of design discretion to it. And I think that was probably the reason why it was not taken to the subcommittee. Okay, interesting. And it's not a sassy project, even though we have a commissioner recusing. It didn't go to Sassy. Right. It's it wasn't part of the design excellency process. Um, that most of the digital billboards that we see coming through were part of that process, and and that's really where the Sunset Arts and Advertising subcommittee came from. Um, uh, we got direction or advice that out of an abundance of caution, um, we were. I think the, the recommendation was for the commissioner to recuse himself, even though this isn't part of that um, group of projects. Okay, um, that was my last question. Thank you. Okay, additional questions for staff? Please go ahead, Commissioner Matos. Thank you, Chair Jones. I had a quick question, just following up on the development agreement. Um, my understanding is that this uh, existing tall wall was established in 2002. Um, at that time, was there a development agreement in place uh, and for what term was it? The 2002 approval was just a conditional use permit. There was no development agreement, no term. The city was receiving no revenue. And, um, you know, when, when they came forward, we said, if you want to amend the CUP, we're going to require a development agreement and, and have all the other restrictions and benefits that any other tall wall would have in, at this current time in the city. Got it. So the, ex so the ex uh, development agreement before us wouldn't be replacing an existing one, and we currently have no revenue from this. Correct. Uh, okay. The term on the existing CUP, I don't think it had a term. Uh, now this has a term of 30 years and, and um, includes a lot of provisions that were not in the CUP, um, obstruction and some other provisions too. Okay. And then you had mentioned earlier when uh, Vice Chair Thomas asked uh, the question, um, that this is similar development agreement amount to existing tall wall structures. Could you go in a little bit more in depth on that? Sure. And um, there's a number of tall walls in the city, but there's only a few that have been subject to a development agreement. So those are the only ones that are currently um, generating revenue. Uh, the one at the Mondrian, I think that's generating $158,000 per year in revenue. This is 200000 as we noted. Um, the, the billboard, the development agreement for the board across the street at 9,000 is, um, I think that's $120,000 a year in revenue. Um, that's a larger board or a tall wall. And those are the two that we have development agreements right now for tall walls. 
Got it. And is it that, as a matter of policy, that those types of, um, specifically the tall wall structure billboards, um, didn't start getting DAs attached to them until a later time? I mean, that's my understanding. I, I, I don't have a, an answer for that. But uh, okay. Thank you. That's all I have. Thank you, Chair. Good evening. Um, as I was preparing for the meeting tonight, I was reading through comments submitted by the community in connection with the, uh, this matter, and a, a bunch of people made reference to a study of media and light that the city was conducting. I was hoping to get a little bit of background on that. It, is that something that's looking at, would that affect this project, or what's happening? When is that going to be done? What are they looking at? I'm going to defer to Jennifer Davis for, for that. Sure. Um, we um, are, are conducting a planning study, and that planning study is all of the Sunset Strip, looking at the, the lighting environment as it, as it exists, and any areas where um, there are three rounds of billboards, round one, 1 1.5, and two, where any of the 1.5 and two billboards may be clustering and perhaps create a sort of uh, larger, more impactful light impact in those areas. So it, while the existing environment does have tall walls and it will be included as part of that, that lighting study, um, that lighting study will not be looking at tall walls specifically, but rather more focused on digital billboards that are proposed. Does that help? That helps. Thank you for clarifying that. Any additional questions? Commissioner Copeland, please go ahead. Thank you, Chair. Um, was there a neighborhood meeting for this when this new wall was proposed? If we had a neighborhood meeting at all, or is the only public input been um, the announcement of, of the, this meeting and uh, public comment sent through. There was no neighborhood meeting specifically for this project. Is that right? There's no. There was no neighborhood meeting for for this. Okay. Um, the um, conditional use permit, Section Three A Three, talks about the characteristics um, that are prerequisite for approval for the tall wall sign, and that includes the blank wall exceeding 5,000 square feet, which I obviously, the absence of windows, and the ability to allow view of the entire wall from one vantage point. So this would be outside of those standards, um, since there are windows and uh, there's not the ability to view from one vantage point necessarily. Um, since some of the changes are outside of those standards uh, in the conditional use permit, have we changed any of those standards between then and now, or are we just making an exception and a separate development agreement for this? I'm have having a little trouble hearing, but I think um, you, were, you were addressing that previous conditional use permit. The, the standards for the tall walls, yes. yes. And have those changed or been modified? Does, um, does have a standard that says, um, you know, we need to be able to see it at least from the sidewalk from one vantage point. And that, and this tall wall does meet that standard. Uh, what about the uh, windows, absence of windows? This I'm will be, 
I'm sorry, are you having trouble hearing? Yeah, I'm sorry. What was the second part? It was about the absence of windows was one of the standards as well. Right. So this, this CUP is being amended, but it's being, you know, it's being brought forward under the existing billboard policy with a development agreement and a zoning map amendment. So there won't, it won't be exactly the same as the previous CUP. Um, but have those standards, have they been updated or changed since this was our tall wall standards? Have those standards changed? They're, they're, they're actually largely the same, but there are some changes. From, from The tall walls have been around since mm, the 90s, I think, the early 90s. So there have been some changes to them. Okay, but the, the stipulations in that, those are still standards that we, that we have in place for the tall walls, those particular uh, ones. No, no that the new the new policy replaces anything that was previously required of the tall walls. Okay, so are we developing new standards or are we just doing a different development adding no, a development standards, agreement? The standards exist in the billboard policy right now. Okay. Um, I have a, a, a mention a question about uh, something in the plans, but that would probably be better for the uh, the applicant. Um, the other question, I guess, is uh, we're talking about standards or updating standards. There are, as we go into more and more billboards, there are already some walls and billboards that have some obscuring and some obstructions from bank buildings, gas station signs, other billboards. Do we anticipate that we're going to be here repeatedly on, on uh, the issue with obscuring and obstruction, or is there a plan in place to change any standards to avoid that? Um, it just seems that we have a lot of them proposed, so this is this anticipated to be a um, Right. We, in terms a common of tall walls, we don't have any uh, proposed modifications to any tall walls in the pipeline or any hint of that. Okay. So this was the only one so far, and you know, maybe okay. for a while, but in terms of billboards obstructing other billboards, we do take that into consideration when we're going through the approval process. We have, in fact, this 9157 was moved northward in order to help to reduce the obstruction at the time it was constructed. Um, so for but the most it, it part, wasn't sufficient. the property owners and the city staff do try to work out the placement of these so that they're not obstructed, but we are in a very urbanized, highly built environment, and there will be moments when, when things are obstructed, and how far back are they obstructed, or how close are they when, they're, when the billboards are obstructed? It's, um, you know, it's, a, it's sort, of, sort of a moving target, but we do take that into consideration when we're looking at all of these proposals. Okay, yes. um, that's all I have uh, right now for Commissioner Copeland in, in the development agreement going forward the development agreements do have an obstruction clause and uh, you know um, and it's a contract between the parties that essentially state that um, nothing in the agreement serves to impair limit or diminish the city from approving anything subsequent that would block that billboard um, so there is some protection Going forward. Going forward with these development agreements. But as far as prior ones such as this, 
our existing ones, when the new ones come in, they don't have that same agreement, correct? So they could ostensibly come before us with the same issue. They could ask, but... Okay, I yeah. see what you're saying. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. Thank you, Chair. That's all I have at this time. Thank you. Commissioner Lombardi? Thank you. I have a follow-up question on the topic of obstructions. So I did not spot check any of our uh, previous resolutions that came forward to us and what those de development agreements had in them, but some of the SASE projects that we have heard, did they include that clause on obstructions? Because this project was not a new project, it's much older, but I'm curious about the more recent projects we've been hearing and if they had a clause like the one we're looking at today. I, I need to do a little more research, but I can okay. tell you the 9,000 development agreement for the building across the street has the same clause for obstruction for the tall wall. Okay, and maybe something for us to be mindful of as we hear future projects. And then um, one other question, just to confirm in my end, um, Commissioner Copeland brought this up as well. The, I believe that the Sunset Arts and Advertising policy includes something about 50% transmission through glass when you have, have advertising over window. So I guess that would be the new standard that would supersede or clarify that item. Is that, is that right? That's, I could probably yeah. find it. That's, that, that's 15% of the window coverage. And um, that is under a section of the billboard policy that has to do with new billboards or new tall walls. And that doesn't apply to uh, modifications to existing tall walls. Okay, so even though this is, so this is modified and now over a window, but that standard would not apply that was, that's in the SASE policy for tall walls. That's, that's how we interpreted this one because it's not a new tall wall. Okay, it's a, so one. Yeah. I'm just curious now, what is, what is the, what zone text should we be looking at for this? Because I thought it was 50% transmission on windows. Well, they, they if it's a new tall wall, it's 15% of window coverage. I think that's, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm having a little trouble hearing, but I think that's what you're asking for. I'll try to speak up. Yeah, let me actually find the exact section because I think I had it up before. Just give me one moment. Can I, can I jump in really quick? Just, I think there is a, we're talking about two different things. So there's a provision for 15, the, the windows can't comprise more than 15% of the, of the sign area. Um, and that any windows that are obstructed must be still visible through. I think the By words 15, are... Five zero. Allows visibility through the windows from the building's interior. I, I don't see the 50%, but if you have the citation for that, I will look at it. Um, so, Jennifer, if you want to speak to that, I think there's just two different pieces we're talking about, if you can hear me. Right, so now I understand you're talking about the amount of text that can cover the image or how much can be devoted to the text, and then the, how much can um, the, can the film cover the window? Is that what I'm, did I get that right? Well, my question, which may have been different than Commissioner Copeland's, was about the window transmission um, specifically. Not the percentage of signage on windows. So, okay, I found it here. For sign types and standards, and then um, 
under B, and then number three, oh no, sorry, number two, windows that are partially obscured by signs and architectural lighting shall allow for the transmission of 50% of visible daylight. That's what I was referencing, which may have been different than Commissioner Copeland. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Um, so uh, again, we have, you know, we have a, a tall wall that was approved under previous standards. Um, it's being amended, and I don't know exactly what the visibility transmission is through the windows. I don't know if we have that number, but the applicant may be able to speak to that a little bit better. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Any additional questions for staff? Okay. I have some, but I'm actually going to hold until uh, we move into deliberation. Uh, just um, before we open the public comment portion of the public hearing, um, do we have any disclosures? Please go ahead. Uh, thank you, Chair. I just um, I spoke with a few residents um, about matters contained in the staff report, and I did visit the site on a couple of occasions. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Gregoire? Please go ahead. Thank you. Um, I did have some discussions with local residents, and I had a brief phone call with the applicant's representative. We discussed matters um, contained in the staff report, and in particular, I asked about the lighting information that was included in that. Thank you. Commissioner Mata? Uh, yeah, I did make a visit to the site and routinely make visits to the site as it's near where I live, uh, but I did make a specific one for this meeting. And I also had a conversation with the applicant. We discussed matters in the staff report. Thank you, Vice Chair Thomas. I visited the site and spoke with local residents. Great, thank you. I also disclosed that I regularly uh, traversed the site and did make a special visit, uh, as did Commissioner Matos, to um, the site. Uh, for the purposes of this meeting, I also had a meeting uh, with the applicant and their representative, um, and we discussed items contained in the staff report. Okay. We will now begin the public comment portion of the public hearing. All questions and comments on this matter are to be directed to the commission, not the audience. Is the applicant present? I see that they are. Please approach the podium to make your presentation. Uh, you will have 10 minutes. Thank you, Chairperson Jones. Members of the commission, it's nice to see you. It's first time in three years in person. My name is Jeff Seymour. I'm with Seymour Consulting Group. I reside in Westlake Village. First and foremost, I want to thank the staff who's been very helpful to us as we've moved this process along. There are 15 tall walls in the city of West Hollywood, uh, and uh, this particular wall has been a challenge. Uh, if you, if you, you're going to see this in, in presentation. We have about a, a 190 foot sweet spot where that sign just pops. But as you move further east, you're going to find due initially through because of vegetation and signage, uh, the wall's line of sight is diminished and impaired. Add to that the installation of the boards at 9157 and 9165, and the 9201 wall is significantly uh, blocked. So what we're doing tonight is uh, coming to you uh, to ask uh, your consideration to make a recommendation to the city uh, council in relation to uh, a relocation of this tall wall. 
You should be aware that the building's CUP for this sign was uh, initiated in 19, uh, 19, I'm sorry, tw uh, 2002, and the Manny brothers bought the building in 2003. So the tall wall was already there. Uh, I'm going to pass this along to Ben Anderson, who is our architect uh, from Office on Title. Spencer Kallick is here, our project counsel, to discuss the DA or other issues that you may have. Out front uh, outdoor advertising is represented by Chris Steinbacher, and we also have Don Hollingsworth from Dark Horse Lightworks, who is our uh, lighting consultant, who is here to answer any questions, and I will be back uh, to also respond. Thank you very much. It's yours, Ben. Good evening, Commissioners. Uh, my name is Ben Anderson with Office Untitled, resident of Studio City, and I'm happy to present to you the, the project at 9201 Sunset. Um, I'll try to move quickly through some of these slides so I'm not repeating um, what, what Jen Davis had, had already introduced to the project, but uh, as a quick context, um, you know, the, the project site is on the, the west end of West Hollywood, um, and the kind of intersection of, of note is this one here at Cory which um, between Corey and the project location is the two uh, new digital billboards at 9157 and 9165 Sunset. These are some aerial views just establishing the existing position and size of the tall wall and some street views of both eastbound uh, into West Hollywood, the kind of main south facade of the existing office building and the westbound out of West Hollywood um, views of the tall wall, both. Uh, this is technically on the south side of the street. Um, this is what we can pull from, from Google Street View and a little further back with some of the preliminary blockages, which we'll get into in a little bit more. Uh, as Jen said, we're, the proposal is to uh, reallocate some of the sign area of the existing tall wall uh, on the east facade uh, by reducing the east facade sign area and reallocating some of that square footage and adding square footage on the south facade here in red. The existing tall wall sign did cover the entire east face of the existing building. Um, it was a little over 5,000 square feet. The proposal is to uh, reduce the east face uh, in, in the areas where it is compromised by the uh, existing tree foliage, existing buildings, as well as the two new digital billboards to the east of it, and in working with staff, optimizing the sight line and reducing the square footage of sign area where it's uh, you know, effectively blocked by either the podium of the existing building or the roof lines of the existing neighbors. That lower edge, uh, which is 17 feet above the podium of the original building, is maintained on the south facade for the proposed uh, reallocated sign area and additional sign area here so that as seen at the corner um, for, for westbound traffic there is some continuity and for the single campaign limitation um, the, the kind of visual interest has remained. Uh, the sign technology that we're proposing 
in this is a continuation of the same technology on the east face, which is a solid vinyl printed technology that is uh, attached to the building face via continuous davit system, um, which I think uh, may have addressed some of the questions from Commissioner Lombardi. And on the south side, because we do have existing office users inside that glass curtain wall facade, we're proposing um, what we casually refer to as a bus film, which you see on city buses that have printed media in front of it. Um, if you get up close to that uh, adhesive vinyl, it is perforated with very small circular holes, and that perforation is roughly 50% of the total area. So people inside either the bus, or in this case the office, are able to look out and you know still have a view. Uh, it does cut down some of the daylight, but uh, that, that is roughly about 50%. Uh, and it, it works much in the same way as a screen door would when you're looking out of it, um, that it, uh, your sort of eye adjusts to it. For some uh, existing conditions, just the street view, this is a little bit uh, blown up, and also what Jen uh, had shared with you, this was the um, under construction for the 9157. The 9165 had not yet been, um, the construction on that had not yet started at the time of this um, public, publicly accessible data, and this is what we're proposing. Um, so, to the question from Commissioner Lombardi, we are proposing to patch, repair, and paint the existing solid building wall surface um, so that it's not an eyesore, and then along this edge is where that continuous davit attachment system would be for the solid sign surface. Um, and then on the other side, if we look closely, there, there is a partial transparency to that, and that is essentially the, the adhesive vinyl that we're talking about. Coming in on the westbound, this is the existing building um, facade, and in trying to maintain some continuity or have a relationship with the existing building's architecture, we did want it to align to one of the building bays versus interrupting that sign uh, you know, halfway through or um, halfway along a window. Um, often this is the case as, as office spaces inside are demised. They tend to be demised primarily along the structural grid line, which uh, this building's facade does um, sort of inscribe with these pilasters, so it made sense to try and pick a uh, structural bay to, um, to, to limit the, the sign surface there. Um, this is uh, the uh, kind of a typical viewshed analysis that the city has guidelines on in terms of the distances. In some cases, these distances uh, do not necessarily correspond to the local conditions, especially uh, in, in this particular project, the 1,250 uh, feet away because there's just uh, a tremendous amount of existing blockage, which the visible see. But um, the opportunity and the value for a sign that does face um, west for incoming traffic uh, is significant because the um, stretch of sunset coming in is relatively unobstructed. Um, so there is a, there's a significant amount of value here. For the westbound traffic at roughly 600 feet, you can see there's an a significant amount of existing blockage, namely the sign at 91445 Sunset, the new sign at 9157, um, and, and other existing buildings and trees. And um, at the 1,200 1, linear feet away, there's even more blockage, um, which is why we've um, added to that and in, in working with staff to um, hopefully better uh, describe the, the current situation and as Jeff Seymour uh, mentioned that the, the blockage. Um, where we currently have our sweet spot um, is roughly at the intersection for westbound traffic when it hits the um, intersection at Cory. Uh, so this crosswalk is the start of that 
sightline sweet spot and the distance between the start and the finish of it by the time a driver's eyes need to move back to the road um, for safety or we've just uh, driven past it is roughly not 190 feet. And uh, previous sight lines, um, based on the existing condition of the old 9157 billboard, which was static, and the um, absence of a sign at 9165 was roughly 300 feet. Um, the 640 feet that we've shown here um, was requested to be added just in plan. That's the intersection with Doheny because that was one of the slides that Jen Davis had shared. Um, so from these vantage points, uh, this is the location at the intersection of Cory, where in blue, the 9157 uh, existing now billboard and the um, recently completed 9165 sunset billboard um, get, get out of the way of the existing um, tall wall sign area. So this is the start of the new sweet spot for that. And the previous spot where the existing 9157 and the absence of the 9165 sign um, roughly had an unobstructed view. There's other elements in, that do get in the way if we move further east, like the um, street signage, the street pole signage, existing trees, and other buildings. Um, so the kind of delta that we're talking about in terms of visibility is from this point to this point. Um, as a result of that, and then this, this is actually just moving even further back, um, as is the case with a lot of signs on sunset and tall walls, sometimes there are partial reads, which um, some of the conversations we've had with commissioners uh, and staff has wanted to take this into account, that in many cases there are partial reads for other signs. Uh, and in this case, the partial read um, was also impacted. Um, so as a result of the previous sort of initiation of that sweet spot, That was primarily the reason for the proposal to move the um, sign area to the west, leave this area um, as non-sign area and, and reallocate it to the south. Thank you. Great, thank you. Uh, do commissioners have any initial questions for the applicant? You can also wait until after the public speaks, but I do wanna give everyone an opportunity. Uh, Vice Chair Thomas, please go ahead. You, you can approach the podium. We're gonna have questions. We received quite a bit of correspondence from local residents concerned about the um, potential luminance of the um, additional, um, oh, sorry, they're talking to me, um, ab about the um, additional luminance on the, on the tall wall. Can you share those documents and uh, what, what it would look like at night? I'm happy to. Um, our lighting designer is here. If I could call her up sure, to, to absolutely. maybe walk through that narrative. Sorry, I took a little bit more time than expected. Surprise, surprise. Hello, my name is Dawn Hollingsworth, um, and I um, reside in Sherman Oaks. So uh, this is a study that I was asked to perform uh, for the um, proposed uh, signage. I apologize for the fact that there's two different images. I wasn't aware that there was a requirement for a singular campaign, so please ignore that. <clears throat> but uh, this, was a, this, and it, uh, this view is from approximately uh, eye level, from street level, uh, with about an elevation of about six feet, a little bit taller than standard eye level for most people unless you're uh, on the Lakers. 
And uh, there is also, I included, uh, for context, I included the 9200 building, uh, even though it's not illuminated. And I had some geometry in the back uh, of the building to simulate uh, the hillside. So. This is a view from about 120 feet above sunset from uh, a past quarry. Uh, I don't know if there is a resident that actually has this view or if there's anyone that has this view, but I just included it for, for clarity so that you could see. There's actually a reduction of light on the east billboard because of the smaller size from the original billboard. So it, we eliminated one of the light uh, fixtures, so it actually reduces the light that would be um, possibly reflected into the neighborhood from that side because uh, of the reduction of one fixture. And my, uh, my study and my purpose was to really determine light trespass. And uh, so that was the reason for this um, sort of, uh, it's a little bit difficult to see on the screen, but um, this uh, object in the, on the right side of the screen uh, it was sort of there to simulate the hillside and uh, so that I could get a measurement of the amount of light that would be um, um, reflected off the billboard for that. It, uh, I determined that it was um, it was really negligible and, and there was also past the parking lot on the uh, sort of um, north side of the building is a row of trees that would also mitigate and that was also part of the reason I put this uh, uh, form and shape in here to uh, simulate the, uh, the obstruction of the trees. Any, any questions? Please go ahead, Commissioner Meadows. Thank you. Um, so in regards to the up lighting, is the amount, is the light intensity or amount of lumens, is it adjustable? Uh, yes. Okay, so you would be able to make it less intense if there were issues with, you know, light pollution or something like that. Yes, uh, they're actually the existing fixtures that are there now. It's the same fixture. It's an LED fixture and it is and is potentially dimmable, yes. Okay. Thank you. I don't believe it has any dimming now, but I, I don't know that, so. Okay. But it could be. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner mm -hmm. Lombardi. Thank you, Chair, and thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Matos. I love when I do not have to ask the lighting question, so thanks for answering some of those. Um, Don, the, the fixture that you're using is the same one that's there currently? Okay. That's my understanding, so, yes. Just wanted to confirm that. Yes. And then one of the reasons why I was asking a lot of questions about the reflectivity of the glass was actually because, um, or the screening, is because I actually had a question for you. I saw that in the supplemental memo that shows a little more um, detail into your studies, that the south wall looks a lot darker than the north wall. So what did you apply as a reflectance factor? Is that why it looks so much dimmer than the, than the east wall? Uh, yeah, well, there, uh, it, it just is also a matter of the, the um, distribution from this fixture and the, um, the aiming angles and the size of the dis distributing it across the south wall. So it was a little bit less uh, less intense on the south wall as it was on the north. So, but again, that could be that could be adjusted. It could be, you know, dimmed. It could be. It could certainly be mitigated to make them even. Okay. And so, are you planning for two circuits to control the two walls independently, or will they still in development? 
that's in development, and okay. I'm not the electrical engineer, so I'm not sure how Got these it. are wired. So, okay. Or where the, I'm not sure where the power is coming from. I'm just here to answer lighting. Okay. So, the south wall is looking darker more from the aiming geometry than the fact that it's a 50% screening element that's acting as a sign. Okay. That's correct. And then I was wondering, did you by chance take any, it would probably be luminance, not illuminance, but do you have any um, take on the current conditions versus what we're seeing now? I know you said that it would be less intense on the east wall, but I don't know if you had any data to compare against. No, I didn't really compare the existing wall to this. I just know that we're reducing a, one fixture, and so that actually is reducing the amount of light off, off of the end of the building. So that, that area that is just really a painted uh, building, it's just sort of trying to remove light from that area. And it, it probably isn't reducing much because the two fixtures that are left are still sort of now lighting the, the, the new proposed wall. So um, it, it's just sort of removing it from the um, non-signage area of the building. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. And we have and probably will continue even today to hear um, a lot of you know, concerns from local community members and people that live nearby. So one topic that has come up a lot is the residential zones that are not too far away. I did not see um, any, any plans that actually showed residential adjacent property lines. However, it looks in the report that there's really not a lot of light since this is being indirectly reflected off of the wall, but I, if you could provide any additional take on, on that. Have you looked at the nearby residential property lines and what's your impression on the impact it may have? Yeah, yeah I did not study that, but that's why, uh, that's why I um, took into consideration sort of this like uh, geometric form. And as um, you, you are well aware, um, the um, sort of clunkiness of the program, uh, so the, uh, but I, I created this form to kind of replicate the hillside because I wanted to see what was um, light, what light was reflecting off the, the billboard into the neighborhood. And it, it seemed pretty ne negligible to me. So I don't think the billboard creates any issues, but then there are other lights. There are other uh, street lights in the area. There are other, um, you know, certainly plenty of other billboards and it doesn't show other lighting in the area. So I think it's, the, the um, contrast ratio here is greater than it would be in, in real life. So if that makes any sense, because there's other ambient light in the neighborhood. Of course, thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate your responses. I have a couple of um, design-related questions that might be helpful to, to ask now before we go to public. Sure. Which, um, me. I, perhaps not. <laughs> thank you. So uh, apologies for, I don't mean to delay this, but since we didn't talk about design before, I saw some things that, that came up uh, in my mind. There's these, um, there's these fins that are on the existing facade. How are you treating those? With the, is advertising going to wrap around those? Uh, yes, so, um, and the, our representative from Outfront can, can get in a little bit more detail on this, but the application of the, uh, he's advised on, excuse me, adhesive vinyl on this does take into account the um, kind of out-of-plane projections of these two pilasters. Um, what we are proposing is in the existing condition, 
um, to, to, to remove some of these more decorative, um, even further out of plane elements so that the, the signage that's being applied is being applied to a smoother, flatter surface. But it does, it does um, effectively wrap over the window mullions, these pilasters, and those up close do represent kind of a break in the continuation of the image, but at this scale, from this distance, it, it's uh, effectively invisible. It's the same condition that happens at 9229 across the street. Okay, so you're actually removing those fins that are on those pilasters. Uh, yes, I believe there's one that we've, we've edited out of this because it was part of the um, background for this. So it's, you know, it's um, okay. so, roughly so this big, yeah. Okay, so the scope of work is going to require scaffolding and other elements to... It'll require scaffolding um, regardless because some of the facade needs to be, you know, cleaned and prepped for that adhesive. Okay, and then um, you, you mentioned, well, actually, before I ask that question, I saw that there were what looked like some maybe cellular transmitters right where that advertising portion is and just looking through Google Street View. So are you removing those as well? It's not in, I don't think it's in your presentation, but I see it. Um, I'm not familiar with where that is, but let me try to pull this up. They are at on the, the... On the roof of the, the tower portion or at the base here? They are near the roof at the parapet wall, right at the southeast corner between the, the corner and the, um, the first pilaster west. Commissioner, the uh, cell antennae are on the roof. We're, there's not going to be any, any contact with the signage. Okay. I see something in Google Street View that's, that's right there on that facade. I will, I'll assume that you're removing that, whatever it is. I'll assume that that's being removed, whatever it is. There's yeah, something I there. Think, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think it needs to be. I mean, okay. are we talking about the cell antenna? Yes. They, they don't need to be removed, and, and they're not going to be, there's, n there's no connection between the signage and the, and the antenna. So the sign will just go around the antenna? Yeah, I mean, it'll, oh, it'll sit there. There is no, just about, there's no antenna. They're gone now, so they're, okay. If you take a look at Streetville, you see what I'm, I wish I could show you. Um, okay, design question, the Davit. Um, what is the treatment on the facade? on the outboard side, what coloring are you using? Is that permanent? Yeah, so it will be, it will be permanent. Um, and the, the intent is to, to match the finish, the existing, you know, um, kind of ambient color and, um, you know, patch and repair where needed. So it, it is as nice of a blank wall as we can possibly make. So the color will, will be matching in a complementary color. Okay, yeah. and that will create a clear delineation. So there's no, um, Advertisers would not have, have any influence in what's occurring over there. It's painted once and essentially left. It's painted once. Um, in, in fact, kind of the, at, as part of this process, the underside of the existing area, that whole sign surface is not painted on the building. It's a vinyl that's stretched at the edges. Yep. So that Davit system would sort of be the border. I see. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, that was helpful. I appreciate the clarification. Sure. Any additional questions? I'll save my other questions. Okay, I'm also going to save my questions until the end. The end of the public comment portion of the public hearing. Okay, 
Um, so make sure I'm not messing up the order here. Um, okay, you can be seated. Uh, we may have more questions following public comment and, and rebuttal. Um, is there anyone from the public, David, wishing to speak on this item? I have no public comments from the chambers, but we do have um, one on the Zoom platform, I believe. And I'll turn that over to Jill. Yes, for the person with the number 9751, uh, please state your name, the city you reside, and remember to press star six to unmute yourself. Thank you, Commission. Um, my name is Jamie Francis Wendell, uh, resident of West Hollywood for 12 years. Um, I used to go to that uh, particular building for uh, my medical office was there. They have since moved. I just wanted to say that uh, as someone who traverses there, uh, the edifice of the building, I know that City National Bank, they used to have, I guess, guests had their image there for the longest time. Um, I just wanted to say as long as it's not imposing with too much light or distraction of drivers, um, because it is a very narrow spot for pedestrians and uh, it's easy, and I've dealt with distracted drivers a lot who uh, during the day or even in the evening time, and it's a very, very fine area, or I should say very specific area that you could easily get um, collided with vehicle or they don't see a pedestrian. So just having maybe, I just wanted to make the suggestion of having uh, a signage of a crosswalk um, or a walking signal just to put that out there uh, so it's not obscured. Um, and then just to say with this building that someone doesn't monopolize, whether it be a sports agency or certain things for a perfume or a design company, just like they did with guests, just so it changes it up a bit because I can imagine that can be an eyesore. Uh, but then also just that if it's going to increase in size or you know, the, the density or the, the overall appearance of it, um, that people aren't blinded or obscured for whatever reason with the lighting or the imagery that distracts them from pedestrians on the street. So I just wanted to offer that suggestion if the city can mitigate that because of that narrow area that goes from Doheny Drive Sunset Boulevard, Sunset Vale, uh, into the Beverly Hills city limits. So I do appreciate your time. Uh, thank you, and Chair, that was our last public speaker. Okay, thank you. Um, for the applicant, do you wish to make any further statements uh, in rebuttal uh, before we close the public comment portion of the hearing? Uh, Chair Jones, only thank you and the, and the Commission for hearing us. We're obviously here to respond to any questions you may have, and we'll move forward. Thank you. Great, thank you. So before I close the public comment portion of the public hearing, do we have additional questions for the applicant? I just want to say we can always call them up during deliberation, but I will have to, we will have to reopen as a body the public comment portion, again, just as a point of order whatever the commission feels comfortable with. But if you do have questions now, we can ask those before we close the public hearing, public comment portion of the public hearing. I thought I had more questions. I don't think I do. No? Commissioner Copeland, please go ahead. Okay, thank you. Um, I just have, I'm curious about uh, something that was mentioned. When we're talking about the, uh, the windows, 
Um, you mentioned it was similar to maybe looking through a screen door or the ones that are on buses, so it would diminish the lighting inside for the tenants somewhat looking out, is what you were saying. Um, this is mostly a medical building, is that correct? I was just curious if you've, um, the tenants are aware of this proposal, or if there's been any feedback from them as far as this diminished, uh, possible diminished lighting, or? It's a good question, Commissioner. The, uh, there's precedent here. We, the, the 9,000 buildings east face is all windows. So we have uh, an understanding of, of you know, the, the impact, if you will, on mm -hmm. our tenants. Uh, I'm quite sure that we have not at this point um, uh, t talked to tenants. We, we, we have a long path here between you and, and we uh, and the city council. So I right. think as we move forward, I, that, that would be the time that we would speak. But again, in, in the city of West Hollywood, at the, the, the other uh, tall wall of the 15, we do have precedent because we do indeed have, have mm -hmm. scrim on, on the east face of the 9,000 building. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. That's it for me, Chair, for right now. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Apologies. I do have one more question. This may be good for the applicant's representative. Um, so I saw in the, um, in the draft resolution that there's a stipulation that 50% of the um, space, spaces may be, must be occupied at any time or other triggers are going to affect. I'm curious just what your interpretation of that is because there is a, a, a clause in there that references if there's substantial construction that that number doesn't count. And so what does that mean in your take for tenant improvements versus the whole building and how much construction is going on any given time in a large building like this? Well, and as, as you well know, Commissioner, this, you know, it's a boilerplate condition. And, it, and it staff can maybe clarify, uh, in my view, it, it obviously means that we have a commitment to have um, a percentage of our, of our building, uh, you know, uh, with, with our tenants. So, uh, I, you know, in relation to TIs and the like, I would, as, I would assume that that would have some, some degree of, of uh, you know, viability, but it really has to do with how many, how many tenants do we have in that building? And if we, if we drop below that, you know, we have a certain period of time, I believe, to in fact uh, bring back the, the number of tenants that will in fact get us back to that percentage. Okay, thank you. And generally speaking, I won't hold you to any numbers, but I'm just curious approximately how full you are right now and approximately how frequently you have a TI construction project going on. Like there's one at any given month, there's always one to a year uh, and about how occupied you are currently. Hold on for a That building is 80% occupied at this okay. point. Okay, so you're pretty well above that already. Thank yes. you, I, I appreciate that for additional context. Yes. Thanks. You can, you can stay there, I have a question actually. Um, I wanna understand more about how you made the determination for the increase in the sign of, the size of the sign. Because I mean, in terms of square footage, when it's, we're talking about it, it's just all one, all of the square feet together, we're talking about increase of almost actually in excess of 80%, it's just over. So I just want to understand a little bit more, and I think just say. I am happy to do that. Let me, let me bring Chris Steinbacher from out front here, and he 
give you a clear understanding, uh, Chair Jones, as to where Thank we are. Thank you. Good evening, Commissioners. Chris Steinbacher. Uh, I reside in Manhattan Beach. I work for Outfront Media and have for the last 25 years. Um, this is partly art, partly science. You know, no one knows exactly what we were really trying to do was determine how do we make the property whole again after the impacts due to the subject properties um, both adjacent to it. So we took a look at what we would have to do to deliver a like product to the advertiser. Um, the wall that we're moving to obviously has more significant challenges. There's the transparency issue, which can be a positive and a negative thing, both for the tenants, but more so for the image quality. Um, it's a much more detailed and intricate wall to service, maintenance, and install. You asked about you know, the building facade and all the uh, mullions and spandrels. Those are all individually hand-cut, so it's a really labor-intensive project to actually implement. So we increased the square footage just to try to help mitigate some of the negativity by moving it from one surface area on a really solid panel to multiple surface areas with a lot of transparency and install and other complications. So imperfect, but we think it preserved the overall value of what was previously there. Okay, thank you very much. Any additional questions? Yes, thank you. One quick question while you're up here. Um, the 50% value that's being used for the treatment on the window, is that, what, what do you normally use? Do you use lighter treatments or heavier ones? What, what's this compared to to other projects? It's the exact same project. It's the same film that we're using on 9,000. Um, so obviously, yes, there's going to have to be discussions with the tenants of the building as well. Uh, but we have had 9,000 up there for quite a long time and have not had any issues with the tenants. Um, the install, obviously, is something that's complicated, um, but it makes it a lot more difficult when you have to cut every single one, have to cut every single individual window, every mullion and spandrel. Um, but the transparency has been something that we found has satisfied the tenants and the building owners. And, and have you done it on any other projects with that level beyond 9,000? In West Hollywood? Uh, no, in general. Yeah, just in general. We use it all over the country, yes. Okay. We use it for uh, transit franchises on buses. We use it on subways. We use it on street furniture. Uh, and we use it on buildings all over the country. And typically at that level of openness? Yes. Okay. Thanks. There's a fine line there with the transparency and the image quality, too. So you will notice a degradation of the Im image quality as you go beyond that. And it probably becomes cost prohibitive to even do it. Okay, thank you. Sure. I do have a quick question. I actually work in media, but not an out of home. Um, I'm curious to know when you are, you know, getting RFP'd or, you know, bidding out for these for, you know, brands to run in your space, this space specifically, is it the square footage itself or does the transparency factor into the amount that you're able to charge? I understand there are a number of mitigating factors, including things like eyeballs, it's square footage, but I'd like to understand a little bit more about that. Transparency is absolutely an issue, especially when you have a building with tenants in it and they might be having lights on inside. The image quality is significantly different right. than just a traditional mesh vinyl. So if you, for comparison, look at both the east and west faces of 9000, it's a much more difficult and it's a much shallower advertiser pool to get the ones that want to go on the window scrim. So it did factor into the consideration in terms of the size? It was a large determination as to increasing the size. 
and there was also a design element. I think if you look at tall walls, especially in a market like West Hollywood on the Sunset Strip or Times Square, they're spectacular and that creates the value, but they also should look like they were meant to be there and meant to cover the tall wall or a super graphic. If you made it smaller and it didn't match the existing framework of the one on the east face, it would almost look like a postage stamp up top and it probably wouldn't be worth it for anybody. Sure, okay. And it wouldn't look good. Okay, all right, thank you very much. Any other questions? No? Okay, thank you very thank much. You. Okay, I'm not gonna close the public comment portion of this hearing and bring the matter back to the commission for discussion and deliberation. Quick poll, we're gonna take a quick restroom break or we're gonna just power through? Power through, okay. Sounds good, okay, so I do just want to frame up two things. One, so, and this is for everyone's benefit, um, we are going to be making a recommendation to city council tonight, right? So we're not taking an action. I say this as much for us as for anyone listening and watching. Um, two, again, I'm saying this out loud largely for myself so I don't forget. So if I do, please remind me. When we do uh, decide to make a motion, we will need to make sure that we include language to the effect of we are going to agree to close the public hearing and make our recommendation. So just stating that for the record. Do we have anyone who'd like to begin? Commissioner Gregoire, please go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to say. Obviously, I've expressed concern in the past about the impact on the neighborhood of, of light pollution, although I, I, I'm pretty convinced the, the impact on the neighborhood will be pretty minimal in this case. This is not a digital billboard. It's a, it's a tall wall. Uh, part of it's an existing tall wall. I'm not convinced that it's going to have any negative impact on the neighborhood. And that was really my only real concern, so I'm prepared to eventually support uh, a motion uh, to approve recommending those two draft resolutions to the City Council. Okay. I, Chair Please Jones. go ahead, Commissioner Thank, Thank you so much, Chair Jones. Um, so I have a question for staff. When we look at adjustability for the lighting on the bill, on the tall wall, um, you know, we've heard tonight that the applicant is committed to ensuring that the light is adjustable. Um, is there any type of policy standard or development agreement language or any type of language in the resolution that we uh, deploy that ensures that that is in fact adjustable? As we've seen from the commission, sometimes projects evolve um, through the process. Um, so my concern is is looking at potentially a recommendation to the council that this tall wall maintain adjustabilities to uh, consider, you know, any type of consideration moving forward from the community. I could address that. We could put that in the development agreement as um, we, we didn't look at the lighting levels during our review, but it's certainly something we can explore. I don't. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just, and this can come back to my colleagues, um, you know, I think that that would be wise for us to consider as a recommendation to council. As Chair Jones stated tonight, that's our role, is, is to create recommendations to council. And I think given some of the public comment that we've seen um, and the applicants expressed willingness to have an adjustable um, lighting standard to this project, I think it would be interesting to uh, have that as a, a recommendation to ensure that that's codified in the agreement. 
And uh, yeah, that's that was my comment. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Vice Chair Thomas. Thank you, Chair. Uh, so I'm inclined to support staff's recommendation to permit the relocation of the existing tall wall. This particular tall wall has contributed to the signage notoriety of Sunset Boulevard and new projects have, have obstructed the view. Uh, so relocating it will allow for all of the projects to be good neighbors to one another and allow for all of them to provide good service to their advertisers. Having said that, I do have some concerns that the city might not be getting its fair share. To your point, Chair, um, this is an 80% increase, and I appreciate that tall walls do not generate as much revenue as digital billboards, but uh, this is a pretty significant uh, change, and I, I feel that, again, like the city is not getting its fair share, but I don't have, I wouldn't know how to calculate what would be fair, so I'm interested in hearing from my colleagues and your thoughts on if what the city's is receiving monetarily is in line with what the applicant is requesting. Commissioner Copeland, please go ahead. Um, Did I, you want to say something? Sorry. I actually had a, a question for staff, if I could, yeah, please. please. Um, we've received a lot of you know correspondence um, with all of these uh, advertising on Sunset. And again, with this, as far as um, light trespass concerns uh, of existing ones as well as future ones or proposed ones such as this, do we have any record of um, how many complaints have been received or, or let the public know what the process is? Uh, perhaps we could, we could do that, but do we have any sort of idea how many complaints officially that, that we've received on, on either this property or, or similar? I mean, how, how frequently do we do we hear about this? I'm going to see if Jennifer Davis can get on to, to answer this. Well, I, thank I, you. I don't I don't have any information on complaints. I'm not sure we have her on. Jennifer, the question was if we've received. Um, and uh, how many complaints we've received regarding some of the billboards that have been installed so far? Commissioner, did I paraphrase that correctly? That's, that's for, for any close, billboard. close enough, yes, thank you. Uh, regarding tall walls or all billboards? All, well, all of them actually, because there seems to be a, that seems to be the predominant concern with uh, all of these projects and the correspondence that we receive um, has to do with uh, light trespass. Um, seems to be we, the number one concern. Mm -hmm. We have received comments during the public hearing of evidence tonight, right. but as far as complaints in general, I believe there was one complaint about content and one complaint about lighting on two different billboards. And that's, those are the complaints that I know of. Mm -hmm. um, no complaints on tall walls though. And is the public, is part of the, uh, the uh, the approval of these are either before or after or even the noticing process. Um, I know there was not a neighborhood meeting on this one, which uh, 6,000 square feet of, of wall. It was a bit of a surprise. Um, but is the public notified about if this does become an issue, this is the process, this is who you complain to? I mean, are the, are the neighbors made well aware of what that process is? 
Is there any notification that goes out or within a certain number of feet, or is that something we've never done? No, not after approval, there is not. Um, There's nothing that goes out once it's approved. Certainly there isn't a very active, robust complaint platform on, on the city website. And sometimes it's um, hard to communicate to the residents and to the public what that is. And uh, then we get this, right. this correspondence that this has been an ongoing issue because of X, Y, and Z, and this has changed our lives because of this. So I'm not sure that everyone is aware of what that process or where to take those complaints to or to address them and what the remedies would be. So um, I just thought I would ask um, if we are keeping track of official complaints, but I think part of the issue is probably that you don't know who to complain to or what the process is. So there's nothing that goes out once it's approved, that's it, as far as neighborhood noticing. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Chair, that's it for me right now. Sure, go ahead. Thank you, I have a few um, questions for staff as well. Um, I know that in previous um, peerings for signage, we have included some references to the design um, requirements and standards in the sunset specific plan uh, policy. And I th see some of those referenced in the resolution. So I guess I'd ask if we just need to add in a couple more um, that may pertain to the tall wall, which is section seven. It says temporary creative billboards or tall walls. And then um, maybe that would cover us on some of the lighting concerns as well if we reference the architectural lighting, just just so that it's it's clear. I think that Commissioner Matos just brought some of this up too, figuring out how we how we codify what the requirements are. If if I'm hearing you correctly, I think you're asking um, about standards that are in the sunset specific regarding tall walls. Correct. Is that Correct, yeah. So when the city adopted this billboard policy, the Sunset Arts and Advertising policy, um, that superseded the uh, billboards and advertising chapter in the Sunset Specific Plan. So now the billboard policy, as we commonly call it, is what prevails. Yes, yes. So I think right now in section 12 of, of Exhibit A, that draft resolution, there's some references to Chapter four, sign types and standards. Maybe we just need to pull some more references to the applicable categories. Page four um, in particular, and it's probably further into this document as well. Basically, I'm asking if we can make sure it's consistent with previous. Uh, Commissioner Lombardi, uh, which, uh, are you looking at a condition of approval in one of the resolutions? No, just that we normally have text that references the signage policy. I just want to make sure that we cover everything that's needed in this document as we have before for consistency. I believe we have consistency findings as part of uh, our resolutions with the sunset policy. Okay. I'm gonna take a second look now too in more detail just to make sure that I don't have um, any specific suggestions there, but I, I know that we did reference architectural lighting and some other portions of the code in previous resolutions. The other question I have. Oh, mm -hmm. I do have follow up on that. Uh, we do have conditions of approval under section three design requirements and that is within our resolution PC 23-15-12. So that's the amendment to the conditional use permit does include 
uh, some of those design standards, uh, Commissioner Lombardi, I think we're, we're talking about with architectural lighting and... Okay, which, which one are you looking at? Um, it's resolution PC 23-15-12. It's the um, amendment to the conditional use permit. I see, thank you. Um, thanks for directing me to that one. And then the other question I have is, I know that in the past um, there's, there's also been a requirement for street level um, store, store, storefront occupancy as well. I wanted to make sure that that's consistent with past policy. I know that there's the, the reference to 50% for the building, but is there anything that we're missing relative to previous the, resolutions? The, uh, the occupancy um, requirement was not in the billboard policy, but was rather raised by the city council early on in the billboard approval process. So we have incorporated that into um, the following approvals of billboards and town walls. And is that that 50% requirement? Yeah, the 50%. Okay. Which I do mm -hmm. see as in here, okay. Thank you. Thanks, that's my last question. I have a few questions. So I want to understand a little bit about um, the, the CUP, the existing CUP. Is there anything when you have or apply or apply in for or granted a CUP um, that guarantees use of that CUP for as long as you may have it? I'm, I'm leading a little bit, and I'm asking because I want to understand more about views because, and again, I just like walk with me down this road here. So we regularly tell residents like your view is not protected. This is something that we have said on this dais a million times. We know that if someone wants to build something and it obstructs your view or your, your backyard or your the city or whatever, there isn't any legal recourse for you to be able to take. And I guess what I want to understand is a little bit more about is if there is legal recourse for someone who has a CUP and there is a revenue opportunity or some other benefit that they have that would allow them to ask for an exception to the view, not just from outside, from like looking out, looking out from inside the building, but also looking at the building. Do you want, Jennifer, do you want me to take the first stab <laughs> um, at that one? I think that was a kind of a, Twofold question, but go, go ahead, Jen, if you want to take this well, one part of it. I, I'm going to start with the views situation because when we say views aren't protected from someone's property, that's when someone is saying, I don't, I don't, I am objecting to the development of another property because it will block my view of the basin or of the hills or whatever. Um, if someone, if the zoning allowed and somebody built something and it blocks someone's view and they said, that blocks my view, now I want to build a second floor on my property, they're doing that in response to something that happened on someone else's property. So they're, this is what's going on with this one. Something happened on a different property, it was approved, and now they're coming in, they're using a provision in the code that says that they can modify their tall wall for reasons like this, and they're asking to modify their tall wall in response. They're not saying, don't allow that other thing. They're saying, Let's, let, us, let us 
recoup some of what we lost when this got obstructed. And so this is what we're proposing to do in that response. Does that okay, make sense? That, no, that that's a very good analogy, actually. That makes sense. And I just, again, I just want to make sure that I understand because, we, again, we hear this a lot. So I just, and I understand that it's agree. also very much about the way that we're defining a view, like just a looking at something and, you know, someone's right or entitlement to a benefit. I mean, the only example that I could really think of kind of off the top of my head was like solar panels. Like I know that there are prohibitions against blocking someone's solar panels and their ability to use solar power in their home. So I, that's one of the things that I wanted to, that's helpful. Thank you, Jennifer. Um, I ask this because, you know, Sunset is, Boulevard is one of the three largest out of home, as you well know, uh, areas in the world. So, right, we have Times Square, we have Shibuya, and we have Sunset Boulevard. So we have some, we have a number of existing tall walls. We don't allow tall walls anymore. And so one of the other commissioners alluded to this earlier. I think what it's important to consider and something that maybe, maybe, uh, we include in language to council is just, you know, um, making sure that maybe this doesn't open a door uh, for anyone else who has a tall wall. I mean, the out-of-home real estate along Sunset Boulevard is incredibly valuable, as we know. Um, there are a number of different hotel developments now that have, you know, advertising that is out-of-home advertising that's very much geared toward, you know, uh, the vantage point of the street for pedestrians and for people driving. So, um, I just want to make sure that we're being thoughtful about kind of the precedent that this might set um, and, you know, how we're thinking about it. But again, Jennifer, I think your analogy was very good, that it's in response, it's a modification in response to something. It's not an outright protest of, of something. Um, let's see, what else did I want to talk about? I mean, I do think it's a big increase in, uh, in the size. Um, I also, and I'm sure that I'm going to be found at fault here, but I drive on Sunset almost every day, both ways. And I'm just trying to think about any other buildings that have advertising on the front facade. I know there are some, um, but again, I just, that's something else that I, just, I was thinking about as we were, um, people were deliberating, we were having, having these conversations. Um, Chair, City sure. National Bank. City National Bank maybe one. It's not a, kind of a front facade because you yeah. see it straight on, but that's the only one that comes to my mind. Yeah, I mean, I know there's, I'm just thinking about, I mean, yeah, there are definitely, I'm sure that there are, and then I'm not thinking about um, all of them, but I'm just, these are, I'm speaking out loud right now. Um, is that everything? It might be. Other people have asked some of my questions. One of them was about the paint um, and the kind of that white space, so to speak, around the existing um, tall wall and that reduced surface area, which uh, Commissioner Lombardi asked on his separate campaigns. Okay, I think that's everything from, from my end. I just, again, did kind of the mental exercise. I wanted to make sure that I'm understanding um, kind of the ask and the reasons for it and its connotations. Do we have any, any other questions, comments, any other deliberation? Uh, Commissioner Copeland. 
I believe Commissioner Lombardi had his hand up first. I'll go after you him. You sure? Sorry. Yes, yes Again, please. The French open you right may now, ask some of the same ones and more eloquently anyway. Oh, well, thank you, Commissioner Copeland. Um, no, I just wanted to, I asked some questions of staff and I, I think, you know, now that I'm looking at um, all of the resolutions, I, I see where, where my concerns are addressed in the um, Exhibit C. The third resolution, um, PC 231512. Thank you, Isaac, for directing me to that section. Um, at the end of the day, I, I kind of understand why we're hearing this, and um, you know, don't have any major concerns. It's it's a big ask, but there are some benefits that are attached with it. I would um, assume that city council will evaluate whether they feel that's the right level of benefits. Um, I could see there being more, but I, I would leave that to them. And I mean, I'm certainly open if, if uh, chair or any of the um, commissioners or vice chair have, have something that they feel needs to be included for clarity as it moves forward. Um, I, I don't right now. Um, one of mine was relating to the, the glare on the light fixtures, but since we're replicating the existing, I'm not as concerned about that now since that's what's there. Um, they're just being kind of rotated around and moved. So I don't have anything to add right now, um, but I wanted to provide my, my thoughts based on all of the questions and deliberation we've had thus far. Yeah, Thank I, you. I think it, Chair Jones, if I may, I think at this juncture, it's just a matter of, you know, our role here tonight again is to make recommendations to council, as we all know. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, a motion. And then I know that Vice Chair Thomas had a question to everyone about something that she wanted to add. I also would really like to see um, the recommendation to council go about ensuring the adjustability of the light. And it sounds like you, Chair Jones, also had a recommendation. Is that the case? Um. Just because I, I think, I don't know, at least with my issue, I'd like to see it formalized to ensure that it is voiced to the council that the, plan, that the planning commission recommend the consideration of uh, a codification of the adjustability of the light. Sure, I think my only comment was just about, you know, again, and this is pretty vague, but just being thoughtful about, you know, making considerations for the precedent that this might set for other situations. I, I actually feel, again, following staff's um, responses, Jennifer actually sent me a very thoughtful, uh, kind of very detailed email earlier today talking about kind of, you know, the way that things are decided and also um, I think your comment earlier, Jennifer, about um, you know how staff works with applicants very carefully to kind of situate these things such that we don't have these issues and they don't come up. Um, I don't know that I feel like I need to include that in, in the resolution, but I'm in our recommendation rather, but I'm certainly aligned with uh, including language about the adjustability for the light. That's, I'm absolutely open to that. Commissioner, is that okay? Oh, Commissioner Copeland? Um, yes, I, I share the concerns um, uh, that the public has, and also I feel that a, a 6,000 square foot addition on a separate wall, a separate vantage point, should have had a neighborhood meeting. It should have had been more open to public input from different angles. Um, you know, that's a concern. This is a whole different, this wall is going to be twice as large as the other one. Um, 6,000 compared to 3,000. It's a different vantage point, pedestrian and vehicular, both. 
uh, and there's the addition of, of the windows issue. So um, I, I definitely think it was a, a misstep not having more neighborhood input uh, on that. And I share the same concerns that, that you brought up as far as um, it may seem a little hypocritical to the public. And you know, we were talking about views and, 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 and so forth. And um, I certainly understand uh, Jennifer's response to that. But it, it still may not sit well. And I understand that, um, that feeling. If, um, because it seems like, as you say, we're allowing something for a commercial that we tell other people they don't have a right to that. And I, I meant to ask if there was already any any reduction in, in revenue due to this obstruction or if this is just anticipated. This is being done in anticipation, but I, I didn't get to ask that question. So that's also uh, something to, to think about. Is this, is this actually... Um, do you want to ask the applicant? Cause I, if, if you could open back yeah, up. Yeah, sure. So sure. we're going to close deliberation right now. City Attorney, please check me here as just, again, as a point of order. And we are going to reopen the public comment portion of the public hearing so that one of the commissioners can ask the applicant a question. Yeah. Apologize for that. But, uh, I'm going to do apologize. Yeah, yeah, the question would be, um, has there been any uh, decrease in, in advertising, or is this anticipated because of the uh, this is obscuring? Not an, yeah, this is not an anticipation. It's already happened. It's uh, Mr. already Manny, been affected. Mr. Manny is, is willing to speak to it if, if you would like that. No, I, I was just curious if this was something that we were trying to head off or if this has already it, had an effect. It has, it has been a serious reduction. Okay. Uh, that answers my question uh, for them. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chair. Those are um, the concerns that I have that you okay. expressed some of as well. That's it for me. Thank, thank you. you. I am going to, again, close the public comment portion of the public hearing, and we are going to move back into discussion and deliberation. Okay. Commissioner Lombardi. Thank you, Chair. Um, Commissioner Matos, are you suggesting that maybe we include a note that the lighting be dimmable to ensure that there's a method to address any glare or light trespass concerns. Is that what you were asking earlier? Correct. Yeah, I mean, just given the community concern and, you know, the applicants expressed willingness to include dimmability uh, and adjustability, given that this is a new tall wall uh, and the size is, is significantly different um, and the community concern we've got, I think ensuring that that is codified as this moves forward in the process and for council consideration obviously would be uh, appropriate. So I would, I would really like to see that included in as a formal recommendation to council that won't get lost in translation um, for them to consider. Okay, I'm absolutely comfortable with that. I did want to address Vice Chair Thomas's um, comment earlier and I want everyone to feel free to speak on this if you haven't already. Um, I would leave public benefits to council. I would ask city attorney if you think we should, or if it's the purview of planning commission to include language in our recommendation to council that they uh, you know, really take a hard look at um, the public benefits portion of the DA, um, or if, what you would recommend there. And certainly if Commissioner, Vice Chair Thomas has specific comments about it, I also wanna make sure that you're sure. Heard. I didn't, I did not want to put any specific amount. I just wanted okay. to, to hear from my, my colleagues on whether or not 
they felt that this was fair, um, considering the fact that there could be two images for one campaign that is that could be rather lucrative. So is is the two thousand dollars for public arts and forty nine thousand for some of the other things? Like is that is that fair? Fair. I for me, I don't feel that I have enough kind of expertise in this realm to be able to make that determination. Same. You know? I I mean, I always think the city should get more, but that, you know, that's not, it's really, it's, I feel like that's really not for, for me to say. I, you know, I, I don't know if how these determinations are made, if there is a formula. I'm assuming, I know it's customized for every DA that we have and that council ultimately has the ultimate say, but. I, I would note, I think it's right, uh, Chair, I, you mentioned this, the, the Planning Commission does look certainly at the land use component of the development agreement in sending it up and the specific terms do rest sort of as a policy decision with the city council. I would say even without a formal recommendation, they will be looking at the specific benefits and they'll certainly be aware as part of the item of sort of the, the um, items or concerns raised on that point as part of their deliberation uh, at their public hearing. Okay. Okay. With that, with that I'm satisfied. You okay? Okay. Okay. Any further questions, comments? Commissioner Lombardi, please go ahead. I'd be happy to make a try and a motion if there aren't other um, concerns or comments. Give it a try. So, okay. <laughs> so I'd like to make a motion that we move um, uh, staff's recommendation, um, but that we also include uh, language that the, um, the lighting shall be dimmable to ensure that light trespass um, or glare concerns can be mitigated. And then I guess we could also recommend that they review um, review the public benefits against um, the intensification or amount of you know signage area that has been requested to make sure that it is appropriate. I would second that. I just want to read into the record for the motion maker and second. So to recommend the city council approves an amendment to the existing conditional use permit zoning map amendment development agreement overlay to an existing tall wall with increased side and recommend adoption of resolution numbers PC 23-15-13, PC 23-15-14, PC 23-15-12, and recommend that the council consider uh, language regarding uh, dimmable lights to address glare concerns and in response to uh, concerns of the community as part of their review and also recommend that the City Council consider the public benefits uh, against the signage square footage. I guess um, Commissioner Matos did did you want to just put the dimmability thing in like kind of bake it in? Like I just. Yes, I, I do want to keep the dimmability thing as a recommendation to council for their adoption. Obviously, when this gets presented to them, and I have no life, so I attend every single city council meeting, um, we would want to the context that the applicant did express uh, in this meeting, on the record, a willingness and an intention of keeping these lights dimmable, um, so that you know, proceeding forward, uh, given the new square footage on the sign, and community concern, um, we could adjust as necessary if there's a concern about light pollution that uh, you know, carries weight. 
And so I think that will be sort of inherent in how the report of material is prepared, but I do want to ensure sort of the way I read into the record, the recommendation is uh, a fit for the motion maker and second. The I only, so. I would just make one um, uh, small amendment and that's that as part of our motion, we are agreeing to close the public hearing. Thank you so much, Chair. That is something that I should have caught, so thank you. You're welcome. And here I was, I thought Isaac would be reminding me. So, everyone aligned? Ready to call the question? Okay. okay. And the motion passes with six eyes, noting Commissioner Carvalero as recused. There is no appeal process. This is a recommendation to the City Council. Thank you, Commissioner. Great, thank you. thank you. Have a good evening. All right, item 11, new business, there is none. Item 12 is unfinished business, there is none. Item 13, excluded consent calendar, there is none. We've already done items 14A and B. Item 15 is public comment. David, do we have any speakers on the phone or in chambers? Uh, Chair, no, we are all clear on public comment. Great, thank you. Item 16 is items from commissioners. Uh, any items from anyone? Uh, Commissioner Matos, please go ahead. Yes, um, thank you so much. Just given uh, that that item is over and as a matter of procedure moving forward, I actually think that uh, Commissioner Copeland and several other commissioners on this body brought up a concern that I shared, and that is moving forward, we don't want to set a precedent when considering the billboards where there's, if there's an obstruction, there's gonna be a change. Um, we understand that there's something in the resolution that accounts for that, but I really do think that we should consider recommending to staff that there be a standing item in each staff report on this that assesses you know, um, any type of anticipated impacts associated with billboard projects moving forward, what that would ensure is that, you know, it's pointed out and flagged. So, for example, the staff would have a section um, similar to the existing sections that says, you know, pot uh, potential impacts to uh, view obstruction of existing signage or et cetera. And then it would say either explicitly no anticipated impact to existing signage, or it would say, potential anticipated impact to existing signage. That way it's flagged for us. Do you mean and like a section of the staff report? Yes. I'm just saying as a matter of procedure, we have to, this, this is something we gotta consider moving forward and it's gotta be flagged as a routine item uh, as a body for us to review and consider on subsequent projects. Because that's something that I haven't seen really discussed in staff reports up to now, but I've only been here a year, so I appreciate that as well. It is information that we're looking at, so I don't see a problem with including that in the staff report. Is everyone agreeable to proceeding in that manner? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we've talked about it at SASE before too, is that, you know, we don't wanna make decisions in a vacuum, so it's helpful to understand, although it is more work for staff, we love you, um, <laughs> it is more work, um, but just to understand more about, you know, kind of what the finished product will look like, you know, once all is said and done, which is, which shouldn't be hard to do. Um, but yes, I'm absolutely aligned with that. Cool, love it. Any other comments from commissioners? Commissioner Copeland? Thank you, Chair. Um, something has come up that I wondered if we could perhaps um, either post or uh, preferably go over um, in public, and that's the um, issue of continuance requests. 
I know that often an applicant or staff will request a continuance for a project for various reasons. Um, commissioners, of course, we can do that during the approval of the agenda or during uh, deliberation, depending on what comes up. But we have been getting um, those requests from the public for various reasons. They will write in and request a continuance due to uh, missing evidence or improper noticing or not enough noticing. And then there seems to be, um, they're not sure what happens with those requests because the meeting goes on as usual. So um, I, I did email um, David about this after getting some phone calls. Um, so if we could make it clear what that procedure is when there's such a request that comes in from the public. What's the process? You know, it, it's reviewed because it's not publicly acknowledged, you know, and that seems to be a concern that they feel like it's it's not being uh, dealt with. So if we could make that, you know, clear or address that at, at one of our meetings, I think that would be helpful. Are we talking about, like, written requests for continuance, like if someone writes in or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I can speak to that now, um, and we can always talk about it again later. Yeah, that's that's what I would like it, it so that it's they know that it's coming, so that perhaps the members of the public that are concerned about that, either that or if it's if it's posted on the agenda or something, some acknowledgement of uh, this is what happens because that those are the questions that we some we're getting now. You know, I requested a continuance, and so what what happens? What's the process when you receive those? So you're asking to agendize a discussion of this, or? What do my fellow commissioners think? Do you think we should agendize that and address it publicly, or? It's, it's something that's, that's a concern that we're, if we're getting calls about it. Is there for well, members of the public to request a continuance, or just the, the, the short answer is there's not a set procedure for members of the public to request a continuance. Um, basically, if someone writes in, with a public comment, whether it's about a continuance or about anything else, we include that in the public correspondence that we provide to the commission. Correct. If they bring up something that compels staff to, to you know, agree that yes, this needs to be continued because of procedural issues or something like that, uh, we will bring that forward also. Um, so if it's reviewed, say something does okay, we need to review this, or if it's run it by legal or whatever, is there a response generally sent back to that person? We have reviewed your request, or is policy just to not not respond to that? I mean, it. I don't think there's a set policy. Okay, that, that was it, my question, if there yeah, is a set Yeah, it depends procedure. on when the correspondence comes in, um, how it comes in, who it is sent to. Um, generally speaking, however, once a public piece of public correspondence goes to David Gillig, who is the Commission Secretary, right. he does send back a confirmed email that says your correspondence has been included in the public record, it has right. been uploaded to the agenda, and so forth. So, um, But no specificity as far as once the issue has been, if it has been reviewed or there's yeah. nothing sent back to the... Uh, no, and, and I would just... As a just, procedure. Yeah, and I would just say that, you know, a continuous is a... Is a it's, it's a big deal. It is. Um, a lot of people have, you know, made time to come down and speak. You know, we take that very seriously. In addition, as you all know, we have many timelines uh, that we need to adhere to that are legal timelines and things like that. So there has to be a, an actual real procedural reason why we would recommend a continuance. And if we do, then 
if it was something that was strong enough to warrant a review or, a, a, to, or to pass on to legal or something, they, there's no procedure in place how to, to respond to that, either to mention it in public, we received this request, but we're going forward, or to send the person who requested it a response that it's been reviewed. Right now, we don't have a particular procedure or process for that. And that's what you're saying. I'll, I'll just jump in here to say I do want to avoid getting into too much of a substantive yeah. back and forth with too many questions. I think I would just add to what Jennifer said that often if that comes in as a public comment, then the commission has the opportunity to review that as part of the notice public hearing to consider if the commission wants to make a motion to continue the item. And as, as Jennifer also mentioned, there's also the opportunity for staff who reviews public comment to assess whether they agree with it um, as part of a submitted. So this is something comment. that that we could bring up on commission that there was a request received and we could address that with staff at that time at the meeting. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank That's you. all I have, Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Any additional comments, Commissioner Lombardi? Please go ahead. Hey, Commissioner Matos, did you have a question that related to the discussion we just had? I have a different question, or a different uh, statement. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to make sure I understood what just happened correctly. Um, so we're not proceeding with anything like that, right? I think the hesitation, if I may, is that we don't want to have, get into a substantive conversation now without it being properly noted. So just a general, what's the procedure? Right. Got it, correct. So that if we, we, we could, I think, a, Agenda. Correct me if I'm wrong. We could uh, agree to request that staff agendize this for future discussion, but we can't really discuss it right now. Correct. Cool. But we're not rec we're not agendizing anything. We're just proceeding, right? If the rest of the commission thinks it would be helpful for the public and that people from the public would be there, then I I'm absolutely all for that. I want people to feel educated and to feel heard. But as I understand it right now, it is that, you know, comments are received, they are read and reviewed as part of the agenda packet, and it is at staff and or the commission's discretion to recommend a continuance or not. That's correct. But again, if I'm, I'm open, it's not just me. If we think that it should be something that we agendize for future discussion, then, like, I'm, I'm all for it. I defer to my colleagues. I don't think I don't, we need I don't think so. Discussion. Okay. I concur. I don't think we need to have a discussion on that, just given the process that staff just eloquently outlined right. and then talking about state law and shot clocks and yeah. things like that. No. I think we're good. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Lombardi. Thank you. Um, just a couple of comments. So I, I know I mentioned this earlier during our hearing and then um, some of the commissioners uh, also, including Commissioner Copeland, made note about, you know, was there a neighborhood meeting for the project we just heard? My, my recommendation would be, because so much of this overlaps with what's happening with this uh, Sunset Arts and Advertising um, submissions and, and projects that are adjacent to it and are impacted by them, why not use that as a, a, a platform to get um, neighborhood um, weigh in before things get too baked. Or it could be a neighborhood meeting, but it seems like Sassy's there to, to do these things. So I would recommend that um, as, a, as a suggestion to staff. And then also, I'm noticing as we've had a couple of uh, recent hearings that we're slowly collecting a few items that may be applicable um, to review maybe at, at Sassy and maybe it's something we could discuss 
at least at a high level initially, but it does seem like there's little things in, in the sunset advertising policy that are probably going to want to be updated. So, you know, we talked about the, the lighting zones or if there's something that needs to be um, memorialized from the Francis Cray um, you know, study relative to specific billboards that are right adjacent to residential property lines within, I think it was 200 or 250 feet. There's the signage height, which seems to be standardizing at eight feet. And then one that kind of got caught today um, seems to be the transmission requirement for tall walls over glazing. So the sunset policy says 50% um, window transmittance. But as we heard from this applicant today, it seems like the industry standard is 50%, five zero for the, the actual film. That wouldn't be the window. So maybe it's a refinement of how we write the text, the intent of the text versus what is there right now because it says the transmittance of the window. And we're hearing that the, the layer that goes on the window is five zero fifty percent The window itself would then reduce the light further. So. I think that maybe it makes sense for that policy to be specific to the advertising layer that's applied to it, since that's what the sunset policy is relating to. But these are things that maybe could be, um, at the appropriate time, reviewed at SASE. So when we feel like we have enough to, to make a discussion and maybe update to those policies for clarification, just because it, it gets us in these meetings sometimes. Any other comments? Okay. Well, that means we are adjourning to a regularly scheduled meeting. Again, just to note that the Thursday, May 4th meeting of Planning Commission has been canceled. So we will see you back here in person on Thursday, May 18th at 6.30 p.m. We look forward to it. Thank you.